You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. As always, BJ Armstrong is alongside me. As we talk more NBA action, as the season gets rolling, we're almost halfway through, BJ. We're almost halfway through. It's January. Next stop, Paris. Next stop, All-Star trade deadline. All that good stuff. And this season, more than a lot of seasons previously, there's just so much unpredictability. For example, mm. okay, the Phoenix Suns, just as we record this, have literally just have suffered a 20-point beatdown to the New York Knicks. They've lost their third straight game and things aren't looking better with Booker out for the month of January expected to be. But then on the other side of things, you know, the Washington Wizards, winners of five in a row. So it just shows how volatile this NBA season is and with how close the standings are, it could really come down quite close to the finish line rather than having playoff seeds cemented long before the season ends. So what are you most either concerned about or intrigued by? Because this Washington Wizards team winning five in a row after losing like eight in a row has really caught my attention. The same way, will the Phoenix Suns be able to stay afloat without Devin Booker? Because they could drop down. Their schedule doesn't look too easy with stuff coming up. We can talk about both of those. But what's catching your eye right now in terms of teams that are on form or out of form in the NBA? Well, what's catching my eye are all these teams who are literally like six through, I'm going to say like six through 12, right? In each in each conference. Yeah. That's really beginning to catch my eye because they're all within like a two, three game. <laughs> yeah. Like race, you know, you, you win three in a row, four in a row, like you alluded to with the Washington Wizards. Suddenly the Wizards are like, what in ninth or tenth place, you know, just just you know they're 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 right they're right there. So these teams from like six to twelve are all in a big race. Now, what that's telling me about NBA is that it's very competitive, and no one has really kind of separated themselves. You know, early Milwaukee got out to a start, Phoenix gets out to a start, then they kind of come back to earth. Then now you're seeing, you know, the Denver Nuggets, Memphis got off to a little start, but there's a lot of parody now in the NBA, you know, until some be someone beats the Warriors, you know, the, the Warriors still have to be considered one of the favorites coming out of the Western conference because of the way the games are and how competitive they've been. So this six through 12, I'm really keeping a, an eye on, um, because you, you just, I don't have a clear, you know, if you ask me who's the favorite right now to win the NBA championship, I really don't. I don't I, have a favorite right now. I think what's more interesting right now than the favorite is who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to be in the lottery. And, you know, with someone like the Utah Jazz who we expected to tank, they've now lost four straight and they've dropped to 10th in the West. Is it time for them to kick the tires and tank out the rest of the season? I'm going to give you some teams which intrigue me. And I want to know from you whether you think approaching a trade deadline that they should make moves to solidify their roster and go all in for the playoffs or whether they should look at how good this year's draft class is and maybe take their foot off the gas a little bit. One team that I want your opinion on, because we look through the standings in the East, Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly, they're all going all in, right? 
But the Indiana Pacers, who are currently 20 and 17 at sixth in the East, do you think that they can A, keep this up, and B, they should make moves to solidify their roster rather than the moves everyone expected, such as trading Buddy Heald, who's been on an absolutely amazing three-point scoring streak, and Miles Turner over to the Lakers in exchange for Westbrook and some picks. Do you think that the Pacers should make a pick push for the playoffs? Absolutely. Why, why wouldn't they? I mean, why wouldn't they make a push for the playoffs? I mean, this is a team, you know, whenever you make a trade, you always try to get a win-win. And the Sabonis trade for, you know, Halliburton has turned out to be a win-win situation for both teams. You know, Halliburton comes to Indiana, you know, a very high pick in the draft. He, he's going to be an all-star okay. starter for me. He's got to be an all-star, and I'm saying starter this season. I want him in one of those guard spots in the East. Well, you can you know, and 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 by you saying that, I think you've answered your own question. If he's got our, if he's an all-star starter and they can't make the playoffs, then that doesn't well, well <laughs> that the doesn't thing is the, well. the thing is Shaggy could have well. a case of being an all-star starter, and the OKC Thunder aren't gonna make the playoffs. Okay. Again, it's very rare, very rare when you say a guy's an all-star starter and then you can't get to the playoffs. Well, you can okay. when it's by design. The OKC Thunder have designed but it, to be it, in the lottery it, to it, get a good pick this season. So no matter how good Shagurus has gone to maybe individually, they're not a franchise. You, you can't have it both ways. You can't be. You you can't have it both ways. You can't be. You can't be, you can't blame it on the team when you're bad and then take all the credit when it's good. You are on the team. You are the best player on the team. You have to be responsible. You have to be responsible for the outcome of the team, whether you want that or not. You have to be responsible. Now, the executives can have, they can have a, they can have a, a plan. That's fine. But as a player, if you are that good, if you are that good, I'm not I'm not talking about numbers. There's been a lot of players who put up a lot of numbers in this league. If you are that good, you're going to get your team to the to the playoffs. That, that, that's just that's that that is not far-fetched. That's not blaming anyone. If you are that good, where you can carry a team and carry a franchise. You're going to get your team to the playoffs. However, when you start advancing, now it's about adding pieces that's going to complement you. You're going to complement the team, and you're going to work together in a partnership to move on, to move on. But at the initial stages, you are going to, if you are that level of player, then that's a clear indication that. You are that good to carry a franchise. Okay, so you think right? the Pacers should go and attack the playoffs, and then the, that the, 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 because you never, everyone has these plans until they get, like, as it might, as, as Mike Tyson said, until you get punched in the mouth. Everyone has a plan. At the beginning of the season, everyone feels good. Oh well, we really like our team. Everyone <laughs> feels they're gonna go to the, win the championship. Okay, the Pacers they have a really really solid team and solid core Halliburton okay is one of those players Miles Turner has been terrific okay you're not going to get 
there are only maybe a hand, not even a handful of centers that are better than Miles Turner at this point. The other night, right? He had like 34 points or something just the other night. Miles Turner, Buddy Hill. Okay. Uh, you know, this kid, Matherin. I mean, he's terrific. You have a really, what are you going to do? Tank with <laughs> that level of talent? You well, can't. Those guys won't let what, you. That's what the They're assumptions too good. were. So, okay. Well, the assumptions were we didn't know before the season that they were that good. Correct. That's what we didn't know. None of us knew. Okay, now that we are watching them, you're going, I remember calling you. I remember calling you after the game, and you and I said, hey, did you see the Did you see the Indiana Pacers? This was in preseason, the Pacers mm -hmm. versus the Knicks. I watched it in the preseason. I was like, hey, that team's a little better than we think, right? I've been telling you about this Halliburton kid. I like him a lot. But they're sitting just above the Knicks who obviously just signed Jalen Brunson and gave him 100 million. They got to go in for the playoffs. Okay. The Heat, Jimmy Butler, they've got to go in for the playoffs. The Hawks, they've got to maybe make some sort of move, but there's no way that they're bottling out. The Wizards, five-game win streak after a horrible losing streak. They seem to find some form. One kid that's really impressed me, Rui Hachimura, who's averaging over 20 in his last five games, has been sensational. He missed uh, 16 games before he came back on December the 20th. He's averaging 21.4 points on 60% shooting since he's been back. Uh, they had a nice win over the shorthanded Bucks. But, you know, the team like Washington, what do you think they're doing? What do you think that they can do? Because I think Washington is what Porzingis, I, I think it's obvious what they're trying to do. They have Porzingis, uh, uh, Bradley Beal. Porzingis, who was okay. just named player of the week, may I add. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you think they're trying to do? They, they well, are well, here's all in. the thing: is you say they're all in, but they're not looking like a team who could even. They're in a play-in spot right now, and then they're not looking like a team who's going to do anything against any of the big five teams in the East. So, with Hachimura playing so well, with Porzingis playing so well, with Kuzma and his contract and everything that's going on, these guys are looking more and more like attractive trade pieces. If they truly wanted to bottom out, they could even trade Bradley Beal and create a full-scale rebuild of their franchise right now. And I don't think they'd have a better return on value on guys like Porzingis and Hachimura and Kuzma than if they were to trade them before this year's trade deadline. Because okay, you could be all good. in, and you're going to be, yeah. what, an eight seed who gets swept in the first round. Or you can retool, as you like to say. Yeah, that, that, that sounds good. Talking about you can trade these guys. How are you going to replace them? I mean, those are good players. I mean, you just don't get rid of Kyle Kuzma, and then where are you going to get? Where are you going to replace that? Like you're not, you're well, not going to find trying a better to replace player. That Look at what Oklahoma have done when they got rid of Russell Westbrook, they got rid of Paul George, got rid of Stephen Adams. Until I hear those guys like those, like Russell and those guys ask for trades, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Those are good players. Kyle Kuzma is a good player. Yes, I'm, I'm not saying player. they're not, but that brings me interestingly to the next team, the Chicago Hachimura, Bulls. Bradley Bill. Yeah. The Chicago oh, Bulls. Okay. Then. They're another team. They're not good enough to win in the first round in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Do you think it's still worth them doing that or trying to go and acquire some picks and rebuild their team for a later delayed timeline in the future where they may have a better opportunity to win a championship rather than maybe make the play-in and maybe make the first round? Now, maybe I'm missing something here. You're you're asking for these, <laughs> like, oh, we're just going to move. Uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Uh, 
not Zach Rosen, Demar Rosen, Vucevic. Like, okay, what are you gonna get back in return? You got to get something back. They will be hoping for picks and young players. Okay, but you still got to match the salaries back. So what are you going to get back? Well, we were just talking about the Pacers. They got rid of Brogdon. They got rid of Sabonis. And now, look, they've improved. Those, uh, unless, unless those were – unless I missed something, I didn't see those guys – you know, Brogdon wasn't a max contract. No, but he's still a very good player in the NBA. You're talking about Kuzma. You're talking about Paul Zingis and Hachimura. Yeah. They're not max contract You said Zach Levine. Like Zach, Le- Zach Levine, yeah. How are you just going to move a max player like Zach Levine? Unless you get something back. You got to get something back. Mm-hmm. Similar to what the Timberwolves did when they moved off Rudy Gobert. They got okay. something back. Okay. Well, the, the Jazz got something back. The Timberwolves got... <laughs> the Timberwolves were a mess. But you see what I'm saying here? It is possible to do well, this. I'm not saying it's possible, but what I am saying is these are very difficult trades to move. And then when you your fan base, right? So last summer, they're telling me about Zach Levine. They're telling me DeMar DeRozan. You sign, you know, all of these players, okay? And then all of a sudden, now next summer, you're saying we're in a full rebuild. Come watch us. Well, I mean, they're losing games either way. I'm just saying that's hard to that's hard to do to your they're, fan base. They're sitting at 11th in in the Eastern Conference right now. I don't think the fan base is too happy. Why wouldn't they be happy? What what, what are they? What, 11th what are they, uh, place in the East, and they're not a very good team this season. Listen, you know what? I I just I happened to just talk to a couple of Chicago people here the other day, and the Bulls think that they get Lonzo Ball back. That they're feeling pretty good about that. When do they think they'll get Lonzo Ball back? I don't. They they think there's a possibility he may come back. Now, according to the Bulls, it's not me. According to the Bulls, if they can get Caruso, Lonzo Ball, along with the team that they currently have, they feel pretty good about themselves. I mean, when no, they were fully debatable. healthy, they were they were doing well in the regular season. That was that's what I'm saying. That's ago, maybe, that, but that's debate. That's that that's debatable. However, giving up on this team. Right now seems a little early. Okay. <laughs> right now. Let me, let me ask you about the next team then. 12th place currently, 16 and 20, same record as the Bulls. The Toronto Raptors. They've got guys like Siakam and Fred Van Fleet. Um, but they also have Scotty Barnes, who's not got up to the rest start of the season. And they've got OG, who's been having a fantastic season. Do you think that they should restructure their team to perhaps no? I think I think they should do the following they should try to get healthy and and get their starter i don't know what they're i don't have those stats in front of me where those guys van fleet siakam and those guys can play and get some type of consistency playing together those guys have missed a lot of games all right they've missed a lot of games and if those guys can come out and play consistent basketball with each other for let's just say a 20 game stretch because those are good players mm-hmm Van Fleet, Siakam, OG, Scotty Barnes, those are good, good players. Is it Boucher? I think is his name. Yeah. Those are good Those are good players. Like, okay, but if those guys are coming in and out of the lineup, 
and guys have injuries. Injuries happen. You know, I, one night I was watching Siakam guy score like 50 in New York. Like, you just don't get rid of those players just because. I mean, you just don't, don't get rid guys of them. To You're going to get a good return. They're good players. You get a good return. Okay. Well, what's a good, what's a good return for what's a good return? Well, it depends what's on the good direction for that the franchise is headed in. Yeah. Okay. So what's a good, from your estimation, what's a good return? Well, it depends on, on how many moves they want to make and what they want to do. Because if oh, they want to do... And I said, what would you, what would you like? What well, would the, you like the, to I, them do? the ideal for any front office is young players and picks. Okay. So who are these young players and who are these picks? Like, well, who are these young players? Then you have to Every year we say, every year we say, this is going to be a good draft. Every year we say that. And then, okay. And then everyone, every year, everyone wants to trade players on their team. Well, when is the good players and the young players and the, and the picks coming? When are we going to get a return? What we know in the NBA is the following. There will be some impactful players. We just don't know who or which one. So every year we will draft, we'll draft very talented players. However, how many of those players actually will impact winning? That's the big, that's the major question. That's a, that's a major question. So we'll have all of these players who will get drafted in the lottery. Lottery pick raises our expectations to say the following. The guy should probably impact winning. That's fair. Yeah. But then there will always be a player in the second round or whomever that will have an impact and will be like, how did they fall? How did they get to what, – what? and then there will always be a player who will come into the draft and he'll be a starter on a team. And then there might be a player who was drafted number one. But then there, there are players player. who, when they find themselves in a new destination rather than the team that drafted them, see an, an even bigger improvement in their game. For example, bring this back to Sabonis being traded for Halliburton. It's a win-win trade. Halliburton now looks a whole lot better than he did, and he looked very good in Sacramento, but he looks even better now that he's got his own team. But this is why I mentioned the Brogdon trade is he got traded for, what did he get traded for exactly? Daniel Tice, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Juwan Howard, a first-round pick, and Aaron Neesmith. The other four players, largely relevant to the point, but Aaron Neesmith, who looked almost unplayable at times coming off the bench for the Celtics, is now a key contributor to this Indiana Pacers team who is sixth in the East and you're now saying should be going all in for the playoffs. So if if I had said 12 months ago they should trade Malcolm Brogdon for Aaron Neesmith, the whole world would have thought I'm crazy. But clearly, that picking taking a chance on a younger talent who may not have had the perfect opportunity to flourish in the team that organization that drafted him, going over to a new team, and being given a different opportunity, there is room for growth there. And you've seen it work for the Indiana Pacers, who we just spoke so highly about about 10 minutes ago. I'm going to give the Sacramento Kings credit. Let's start with Halliburton, because everyone wants to go, how could they trade Halliburton? Okay. Who drafted Halliburton? The Sacramento Kings. Okay. They regarded Halliburton so highly. Okay. That they already had the one kid that they drafted. They already they had drafted him. I think just Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell. Defensive. They had. Lockdown. They drafted De'Aaron Fox in the lottery, mm-hmm. and in spite of all of that, they still drafted Halliburton because they 
regarded him as the best player in that particular draft at that particular pick. They already had two really good players and they still drafted Halliburton. That's how highly they regarded him. Then when they trade him, everyone's like, oh, what's Sacramento doing? Wait a minute. That's not how this works. The reason Halliburton didn't look as good in Sacramento is because there's a player there who you got to say him too. If you're going to say Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox is playing like an all-star this year. He is. Okay. And we have many a debate on who you'd rather keep Halliburton or Fox. I remember. Okay. So you can debate that. I remember some years ago, there was this there was this young guard. His name was Kevin Johnson, who was playing behind this all-star guard by the name of Mark Price. The NBA is full of all-star players. They're in the NBA. <laughs> okay. You're in the NBA. You're this full of all-star players. Some of them are on the bench right now as we speak. Some of them are starting. Some of them may be an all-star when they get traded to another team. What we know, Mo, is these young kids, we don't know when it's going to happen for them. How many times do you hear, every time you hear someone take a job, what's the first thing they say? We're going to, we're going to develop our culture. <laughs> okay. I love it. Okay. So Halliburton, we knew, everyone knew he was, he was a good player. Everyone knew he was a good player. However, if everyone was going to reach their potential, Halliburton included, it probably was going to have to be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And they got back a really good player in Sabonis, who I might add may also be an all-star this year. I think he was already an all-star before. Yep, yep, he was. And uh, six okay. in the West right now, 19 and 16. They're playing very well. So, so well, the, the, everyone knows this. That was a good trade for all involved. Everybody yes. knew Halliburton was a good player. No, everyone. He had, this kid Halliburton had size. He can pass the ball. You know, he's, he's it's a different shot, but he has an effective shot. He could shoot over the top of smaller guards. He knows how to run a team. Everyone knew this. This isn't like new news. It wasn't like people were saying, oh, Halliburton can't play. We all knew this. The, the, the key is, did we think Halliburton was going to come on this soon? Now, that one's, that, that's another conversation. But I will tell you this, they are ahead of schedule. So much so where I think they are not going to even trade Miles Turner or Buddy Hill. They were talking about giving that Miles Turner an extension the other day. We we At the beginning of the season, they were talking about Miles Turner and Buddy Hill to the Lakers. That was every day here. Yep. So much so now where Miles Turner is saying, hey, man, this is not a bad situation here. We got a good young team. Could be, ought to be. That to me, saying now they've all taken the word potential off their name. That's the key to young players. How quickly can you take potential off of their name 
and put player beside it. Halliburton now is not a potentially good player. He is a player. Miles mm-hmm. Turner is a player. Buddy Hill lights out from three. Player. This kid, Matherin, in year one, okay, if you redid the draft, I think he'd probably be drafted a little higher now, <laughs> okay? Yep. All right. So right now, give those young people credit. Give that coaching staff credit. You know, Rick Carlisle has done an incredible job with this group, and they're playing terrific basketball. They really are. I mean, Mo, they 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 have some really good young players, and I think it's impossible now looking at this group where you can just say we're going to just tank. Okay, why? Because this group is good enough now to compete, and they've shown that on a consistent basis. Let me ask you about one more team then: the Utah Jazz. Fun team to start the season. Marketing could be an all-star. Right now, they're 10th. They've slipped below 500. They've lost four in a row. Do you think that the whole fresh start where opponents didn't really take them too seriously and they were playing the five outside of basketball and they were hitting shots and they were hitting shots at an astronomically astronomically high rate and the shooting has cooled off a bit now and they're coming crashing back down to earth. Do you think it's time for them to tank? Because they have some pieces. The Jordan Clarksons of the world and the Kelly Olynyk's of the world. Let me... Let me tell you, let me tell you the downside of tanking. Winning is a habit. Yes. So is losing. Losing is a habit. When you start tanking, it's not like you just flip a switch and say, okay, now we're going to turn it on, guys, and let's start playing. Okay. Once a player is exposed to that level of losing, very rarely do they they do a 180. Very rarely. Okay. Now, winning in this league is very difficult to do. Why? What has happened to the Utah Jazz? Well, it's very simple. Believe it or not, Mo, coaches in this league are excellent. They're the best in the world. They've made adjustments now to Laurie Marketing as a stretch five. They've made adjustments to this team. They've made adjustments to the style of play. They have a new coach. No one knew their style of play. No one knew Lori was capable of playing like this. <laughs> okay. None mm-hmm. of us had seen Lori marketing in, in what he's been in the league, what, four or five years now, play as a stretch five. Okay. Now we know. And guess what, Mo? Once you go around this league, okay, and you hear me say this, and, and our listeners hear me say it, give me about 25 games to figure out who's who. Mm-hmm. Because that way you're going to make it around the league. Well, there we go. And they then, figured out who's who. And now they figured it out. Now they figured it out. Now, here's the thing. Now that Lori Marketing and company, they made a little noise early. And that was a great run. He was playing terrific. Now everyone has made an adjustment. If you, if you ask those young men to lose you will miscalculate your evaluation of your own players on who to draft. That's the key. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to draft players who are going to complement what we have. As, that's why we call them our core group. And you're trying to add and build a team. Roster construction is a real thing. So I have if Laurie Market, I'm interested. To, you know what I'm interested to see? Can Laurie Marketing make the proper adjustments in his game 
to get the results that they're trying to get, which is how to win the game. Because when Laurie marketing was playing well, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? Uh, you know, they call him Larry marketing. They were calling him player. He was player of the week, player of the month. He was doing all these things. Now, if he is as good as we saw that one month or two months or that he was outstanding, now that the teams have made an adjustment on him, I want to see him making another adjustment himself. Because Danny Ainge and these guys got to draft someone. They mm -hmm. have to figure out how to build around player X, right? Lori and these guys. So it is important as you are building a team that you first thing you got to do is properly evaluate the talent you have. You can't evaluate them sitting in street clothes. Mm -hmm. You can't evaluate who's going to perform under pressure in the bright lights sitting on the bench during the course of a game. Because if, you, if you're not evaluating players playing, then it's impossible. So when I hear that, I understand the concept of everybody wants and believes that they're going to get a hero in the draft. Believe me, there's only about one or two players. There's only one Wembenyama. Okay. And those guys, those type of players that we're talking about only come by once every 30 years or so. Mm. You know, those are, those players don't do. It's been you know, 20 these, years since we saw LeBron get drafted. You don't just, everyone keeps acting like, oh, this draft. Oh, you don't just keep drafting these star players, these Charles Barkley's and these type of guys. They just don't come around. Okay. The key is you just keep moving forward. You keep pushing and you keep playing. And hopefully you get a chance to get a Tim Duncan or you hope you get a chance to get one of these great players. But you never know when and who's going to be it. Now, some of them we see immediately. LeBron. When I saw LeBron I saw LeBron in high school. I was like, oh, wow. He's, you know, and I very rarely use this term. He's a can't miss. Like, mm -hmm. that guy is going to, wherever he goes, he's going to. When I saw Tim Duncan in college, I was like, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a can't miss. That's a can't miss player, right? Some of them, but they don't come around. It's not like every draft you get a can't miss guy. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I'll yeah. say this. Victor, Wow. Wow. Like, that's just like a it, it, hit miss. But you still got to ask the question at his size. Okay. At his size. If his body survives the first two or three years in the NBA. I don't think the NBA has a chance. <laughs> I personally. I agree. <laughs> okay. But the question is. You know, when you've seen bigs, right? I'm just going on by what I understand about bigs. Most of those guys have to go to, have to mature. Their bodies have to mature. It's so much mass, right? Kareem went to college for four years. Shaq went to school for two years. Wilt Chamberlain and these guys, their bodies have to have time to mature. This is a first for us. Mm -hmm. All right. When you're talking about a guy like Victor, right? So you say, what about Kevin Garnett? And those guys, they need time, right? Those guys with those. The Giannis body, like, the KG body. Dude. Yes. Yes. Giannis. The reason Giannis is Giannis is because we gave that body time because no one was expecting Giannis to be this version of Giannis. There was Giannis. no pressure. 
Okay, but this kid, Victor, if he takes five years to be Victor, we may not be as patient. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope we are. Well, do you know the lights that's going to be on this kid day one for summer league? <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. So this was, yeah, I, I saw Giannis and I saw it has taken, it took him like what, three, four years to kind of, you know, get into that body and play through the contact and da da da. Now we see this version of Giannis, but raise your hand if you was expecting Giannis to be, the best player in the NBA. Even Giannis wasn't to be, expecting that, but you know, Giannis might have been expecting it, but I don't I, think I anybody don't else was. <laughs> I think he would have been hoping. I don't think he'd realize it yeah. would come this easy. But well, everyone, everyone saw the potential. I mean, when I saw him, I saw the potential. Did I think he was going to fill out his body like this? Did I know this kid had the drive and the determination like this? Did I know this kid could play through and carry a franchise? Like, no, I thought, man, coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, you, you saw the talent. You saw it. That's why he was drafted where he was drafted, you know? But yep. um, I like that. You know, the, a, the moral of the story from this episode is PJ Armstrong should believes that you should not ever tank and you should no. always try and win. Well, I, I'm gonna say this, and, and, and it's very simple. Because these young people deserve our best. We're asking them to do their best. Shouldn't we reciprocate that? And I said, we. Shouldn't the league, shouldn't the organization, shouldn't the coaches, shouldn't the executives do the very best you can? I'm asking you, Mo, to do the best you can. I'm not saying you got to win every game. I'm trying. But <laughs> it but you're trying. Yeah. Shouldn't we do that? Mo, shouldn't it. we do that? I agree. Shouldn't that, that, that that's all we that's all I'm saying, Mo. Shouldn't we we owe the kids that. Now, whether or not we win every game, okay, we can debate that. Whether we're good enough, okay, we could debate that. But shouldn't we try? Mhm. Mm well, that's another episode of the Hoop Genius podcast. To all those two T all those teams who are listening, questioning whether you should go all in for the playoffs or tank it out don't tank it out let's get the rest of the season underway bj we're almost halfway there to the postseason we'll be back tomorrow morning with more nba talk so make sure that you guys are subscribed to the show if you listen to the show and you want to see the visuals you can check out the youtube channel as this year every single episode will have a full video rather than just segments rather than just clips the full podcast is available in video format on youtube you can of course subscribe there subscribe on spotify apple all that good stuff and most importantly until next time get buckets